This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor, Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. That's right. This week's episode is called When Friends Start Believing Conspiracy Theories. We will be answering your listener questions, including one listener whose friend went down a dark rabbit hole of conspiracy ideas and another listener who has a question about periods. Then we're talking about what's in the news. Drew Barrymore has a new talk show and Barack Obama finishes his book. But first, Angela, what has been going on this week? Well, so I guess at this point, about a month ago, I went out for my birthday um, and uh, it was sort of the first time that I was with a bunch of friends doing an outdoor dining situation, um, like drinking and just it was like, you know, safely done, but sort of felt like the old times, which is nice. But um, it was also the first time post COVID where someone I know got hit on publicly and these guys approached our table um, not wearing a mask. What? I was horrified. The uh, yeah. And so uh, they didn't come up. It was like me and all my lady friends. And then on the other side of the table was our male friend. And he didn't approach us. He approached the male friend to kind of, I think, like ask his permission, which right off the bat it feels like kind of icky. It was like, oh, are any of these ones yours? Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Do you own any of them? Right. Um, and uh, Although, although got- in his defense, like it would be a pretty bad mood move to accidentally like hit on someone's girlfriend in front of their face i guess but i don't know so well clearly they didn't care too much because my my friend colin he uh they they asked him like oh is that one like is she dating anybody and he figured she wouldn't be interested which and she had a boyfriend but he was like uh she's married and the guy was like oh well do you think i can like ask her anyway and just see what happens and he was like i mean you can but she's married and he's like okay i'm gonna ask her uh and so clearly although I, in his defense like clearly he said like oh she's married in like a jokey un- not believable way i don't think so i think the guy just had an issue with boundaries of all kinds because he i also don't believe that i think clearly your like, friend colin was like oh she's married and like said it not convincingly they also which is this is crazy because i can't believe people are traveling anywhere right now but i think they might have been tourists like it didn't seem like they were from New York because they were like taking lots of pictures and just like maybe they were just like oh our wild night in in New York in the middle of a pandemic I'm gonna hit on a married woman I don't know I have no idea but my main issue was okay in a post-COVID world when you're approaching you gotta wear a mask bro he was like up in Colin's face maskless no that's not and cool. that right off the bat even if he was attractive which he was not but <laughs> which also didn't help his case but uh, yeah, we were like, okay, no, you have terrible instincts. We're not interested. Yeah, that's a deal breaker. That's a deal breaker yeah. right there. Like for me, if someone was like smoking, I'd be like, nope, but not wearing a mask. You don't care about my safety. You probably also aren't going to use a condom. So no. Exactly. You've been getting around with your maskless face. Um, so yeah, that was my, my situation. How's your week? I like that that's a deal breaker for your friends. My week is good. So this is what's so crazy about having a toddler is that I already have to start applying for preschools like one year in advance, which actually isn't as bad as I thought it would be prior to having a kid because prior to having a kid, I was told like you have to start applying for schools while they're in the fetus, while they're, they're, they're a fetus in your belly, which is not the case. Schools don't even like let you apply that early. I tried. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, but I'm, Are you though? I'm like applying for schools and honestly, Angela, it feels like I'm applying for college again. So I had to write it's like first it was just like straight up information and I was like, OK, like just like where do I live? Like my name. And then it was like write an essay about your kids, your child's quirks, strengths and weaknesses. Wait, let me. Which ugh. is so insane because it's really just it's testing the parent yeah more than it is testing the child but it was so nuts I was like 
I'm writing about my two-year-old who like ha- is just like all strengths to me. Like how many weaknesses can like right. a two-year-old have? But I was like, they- I can't. So first I wrote something for like we- the weaknesses was what I had like a hard part about. So do you want me to read you like my first paragraph? Sure. Okay. Does, so does said- Rilo need a character reference, by the way? I could be a character <laughs> reference for him. I said... Our son Rilo is deeply empathetic, an incredibly funny person. When we started potty training, he showed up in front of our bedroom door with his toy ukulele and started strumming and singing a made-up song whose lyrics went, Dipey, dipey, where are you? Dipey, dipey, where are you? (laughs) He also plays a song on his toy piano about his dog that goes, S is for Samo. S is for Samo. He loves music. Recently, he added a new verse to Wheels on the Bus. The engine on the bus goes vroom, vroom, vroom. Uh, and then I said, you know, we have family dance parties and we play the Beatles yellow submarine on repeat. Sometimes he sings in Hungarian, which is his grandmother's native language. Rilo has a joyous disposition. He's one of the funniest people we've ever known. He has a simple magic trick that involves putting one arm in his pajamas and then saying, mama, papa, where hand go? And then (laughs) sticking his hand through the armhole and saying, here it is. He also recently started a new joke of saying gibberish like giddy giddy goo and then laughs hysterically and says, what am I saying? And cracks up. He's a naturally kind soul. When his mother was sick recently, he would check out on her constantly, coming to the bed to say, mommy, you need orange juice. Mommy, you okay? Mommy, you happy? Mommy, you feel okay? Even though his mother does not have a cold anymore, he still asks how she's doing. And then, I don't know, I go on to say, like, how he, when he's at, like, Nick's art studio, if he, like, knocks down, a like, knocks over something, he, like, picks it up, and he's very gentle, and we read a lot of books, and whatever, I tell some more funny stories about him, I talk about our obstacle horses, and how, like, affectionate he is with Samo. like, this is, like, what, I'm just, like, telling funny stories, because what else am I saying in about an essay about a two-year-old Angela, but then I have to get to weaknesses, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, he's really bad at math. He's so bad at math. Like, I keep trying to get him to read Shakespeare, and he's yeah. just like, won't. Is there's no interest? He has trouble with prose. Um, so I just think, like, this is so nuts. But then I was like, okay. I mean, like, I guess it's hard to get him to go to bed as Angela knows, because she gets a lot of text messages when we're supposed to record the podcast when he's supposed to be asleep that are like, sorry, we can't get our kid to sleep again. Podcast is going to be running a little late. Um, and then like it said, like, I'm also working on having him say hi and goodbye with other adults. But I just would like your opinion as a person without a child on this process I'm currently going through. Well, I what mean, does it look like regard- from the outside? Does this just sound so st- crazy and stupid i mean it sounds ins- i think yeah it's it's uh insane <laughs> so it's like i'm sure every parent has pretty much the same like answer more or less for these questions like what are they looking for in these essays yeah, like, like i just what don't understand weakness? But, i have no idea angela but i do think regardless of whether whether he gets in or what it's like it's nice that you now have this essay documenting this period of his life I was actually thinking about that that like it's nice that I have all these funny stories in like one little essay yeah I think that the the kids with parents that are writers like yourself probably have a bit of an advantage here I mean maybe but it's like it's not like I write humor I don't write I mean personal essays I don't. It's just a different skill set, which I've done personal essays, but but it's hard. You know, it's hard when it's also so but you're, personal you know, about you're my son. That's like the person I love more than anyone in the world, who I think is a perfect creature with no flaws. You know, and I just don't even look at them as flaws or quote unquote weaknesses. I look at them as opportunities for to teach him new things and educate him and teach him how society works and the expectations that society has of him of how to act within a community or society like I would never view these things as a weakness you know so it's just weird to phrase it like that for me but I don't know yeah it was fun to just come up with all the the funny stories and remember them and and write them down I guess but I don't know it's it's strange to be writing them down for a stranger to read and and judge me it's just like a strange process 
That's all. And we're, they're going to be like, oh, he plays the ukulele and the piano. He is a well-rounded two-year-old. But he's like, not playing I, it. He's just like strumming right. it mindlessly, which which is what any two-year-old would it, do. Yeah. So I don't know what they're looking for. I tried to just be honest and genuine and I, I, I don't know. But I, I've just been like, this is so weird. This is what, but I, I don't know what else. But if you have to like admit two or three year olds like what else can you ask I guess I like can't blame the schools either because what what else they have to ask something about my child about the child that might be going to their school so anyways I I hope they like him I don't (laughs) feels great what's not to like he's perfect yeah I think ultimately no matter where Rilo winds up it's uh it's gonna be fine thanks Angela thanks Auntie Ange Uh, All right, it's now time to jump into our mailbox, but first let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. We love Squarespace because you can make it yourself. Easily create a website all by yourself. If you can think it, you can dream it, you can make it with Squarespace. Angela and I have been Squarespace fans, users, web designers, whatever you want to call it. Since way before they were a sponsor of our show, back when we were a scrappy little sketch show, and then our website grew as our our brand grew as we had uh, sketch shows to photo shoot galleries to our press page to our book page to our now our merch our brief brief short lived merch page yeah we don't have that anymore and then our podcast page but um. It's it's so great because you can just I don't know I could always just be like tinkering with it it was fun it was fun yeah we can add pages we can delete pages it's I say it was all fun easily I guess that's because I don't tinker with it as much anymore I like feel like it's in a good place the, and you know what the world has slowed down there aren't as many updates that's true you now For- uh, but maybe hopefully one day we'll have a photo shoot again and we'll be able to add photos of ourselves there you go what's more fun than that. Um, so if you guys have some photos of yourself you would like to display or better yet, a business that you want to promote, a Squarespace website is pretty useful. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Um, it's free and secure hosting, a powerful e-commerce functionality. If you want to sell something, you can sell anything online and they have 24-7 award-winning customer support. We love them, and we think you will, too. Check out squarespace.com slash single for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code single to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash single, and then make sure you use offer code single to save that 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right, what do we have in the mailbox? Hey, uh, our first question actually inspired this week's episode. So this is from our listener, R. R writes, hi, help. My best friend is a Trump supporter. I know what you must be thinking. How the fuck did you not know? Well, just to preface, I'm a person of color originally from a small farming town in California. I moved to LA about five years ago where I completed grad school and met my boyfriend. We are big supporters of BLM and Biden um, and the fact that Trump views disgusting hateful wait and oh and i guess not and not the fact that trump's views disgusting hateful rhetoric Uh, i also did not vote for that piece of shit last time to make it very clear when blm started a little over two months ago i decided to take a social media cleanse i kept feeling i was judging people without truly knowing how they felt so i've been off the grid or off ig since uh june 1st This past holiday weekend, my best friend and her husband, both also people of color, came over to our house and wouldn't you know it, someone brought up politics at 3 a.m. while drinking. They dropped the bomb on us by ranting about how her husband is a border patrol agent and don't vote for Biden because of human trafficking, question mark. I tried to explain to her how I wrote a seven-page paper on human trafficking in grad school three years ago and how it's been a public health issue that primarily affects people of color slash socioeconomic status. When we kept asking where they got their information, uh, it was from quote unquote media sources. I'm so truly hurt and disappointed. We've been friends since I was 12. I can't begin to express how upset I am days later. The next day, she nonchalantly texted me, hope you guys don't think we're crazy, lol. Let's hang soon. Well, we fucking do. 
I want to believe bots infiltrated their feeds. I don't want to lose her as a friend. What should I do? Signed, Lost and Confused R. So you wrote her back, I think, right? Is that I right? did. I Well, so I wrote her back um, because uh, I've been reading a lot about this. You know, as soon as she she mentioned the words human trafficking, it like set a red flag off for me um, because that's like uh, Biden being associated with human trafficking and just the left in general being associated with human trafficking. It's is, so absurd. It's like it's like the moon is fake. Right. But it is this conspiracy theory that is. Um, dangerously like gaining traction. It started in a very dark corner of the internet um, and it's sort of like it was like a game of telephone and now it's made its way to like these uh, influencers on TikTok and Instagram um, and they're creating like memes about this stuff that are way more like palatable and aesthetically pleasing and they've like taken the Instagrammer aesthetic and applied it to these like very dangerous conspiracy theories but when people see it packaged in a certain way it becomes more believable um so I sent her I I I sent her a few links about uh how this whole conspiracy theory thing um and I I said to her like you know this is much more than a difference of opinion this is just misinformation that your friend has uh given over to and a lot of people in this country for whatever reason I think I mean I've been reading a lot about it and I guess people have just had a ton of downtime during quarantine and it's a combination of that and then like terrible things happening in the world and people wanting to make sense of them so they feel like they can control it if they know what's going on and then they like get attracted to these conspiracy theories um so I mean she can try to like send links to the friend and be like actually this is the information you're getting is wrong and this is where it came from I don't necessarily I feel like these people that believe this shit are in very deep and I don't necessarily think that she'll be able to change her mind Uh, we're actually going to talk later on in the podcast about ways you can approach people that believe conspiracy theories that I think will be helpful for her to listen to but this reminds me of have you been reading about the like hashtag save the children conspiracy also And what's like really disturbing is I've seen people post that shit. Yeah, there's like like at least three reality TV star moms with over 4 million Instagram followers have posted about hashtag save the children, including incorrect information like the statistic 300,000. This I'm reading from the New York Times. 300,000 American children a year will be lured into a sex trade. And that's a figure that has been thoroughly debunked. And this all started from like a 2019 uh, bill that California that a California state senator introduced uh, that he thought was an LGBTQ civil rights bill because at the time California gave judges discretion on whether to put a 19 year old man on a sex offender registry if he had vaginal sex with a 16 year old girl. But if that 19 year old man had anal or oral sex with a 16 year old boy, he would automatically be registered as a sex offender. So the bill just simply sought to fix that discrepancy by giving the same discretion to judges over oral or anal sex offenses and sex with any minor would be a crime in the state of California if the bill passed no matter what. But Apparently, uh, there there was like a Q. It started with QAnon. like yeah, QAnon based like yeah. conspiracy theories like took this on, and there was like one person. Oh yeah, there was like one mom in particular that's like anti mask, against vaccines, and like pro- you know promotes QAnon based conspiracy theories about pedophilia, specifically that Democratic elites are running secret pedophilia rings. And when her anti-bill Instagram, she did like an anti-bill. She like didn't want this bill to pass. And when her, she did this anti-bill Instagram post that went viral, it reached many parents who were not direct followers and were not affiliated with QAnon, but it just went viral. And then this like save the children thing about like save the children. They're California trying to like pass a bill that will like make it easier to get children in the sex trade. And it's just, it's like actually insane because what it is is like, it's supposed to be an LGBTQ civil rights bill that makes things uh, that make, you know, fixes a discrepancy. So it's just crazy how these things go. That being said, we're going to talk more about this later on in the podcast. We're going to talk a lot more about conspiracies and how to approach people that believe or that believe them. Yeah. And I think, yeah, uh, there's so much like uh, so much going on there, so much to unpack uh, or sorry, unpack. And like, I think that there are people that are, uh, 
repeating these conspiracy theories without even knowing where they're coming from. With, like they might not even know what QAnon is. And meanwhile, they're listing every single QAnon talking point. Right. So I think to if you're a friend of that person, what you need to do is be as educated as you can be about the topic because otherwise it looks like you're like, oh, human – like they're going to – human trafficking is real. Like there are – there is human trafficking. There, there are that is something to, that is something there. to be concerned about. Just make but sure. I would just fact check. There anything. isn't a cabal of like elite Democrats drinking babies' blood and like no. selling children on the black no, market. No, no. <laughs> Angela gets very passionate about this, which is what this, QAnon is, believes. Yes, it's totally crazy. But I, I think this is also just a reminder to all of us that when you see memes, it's so or, or quotes that are attributed to somebody even if they seem like well-meaning things like hashtag save the children, it's just a reminder to fact check anything before you repost stuff because you don't know that you might act inadvertently be reposting some totally absurd conspiracy theory. And on that note, what else is in the mailbox? Let's talk about something else because we're going to dig deep into conspiracy theories later on. Yes. Okay. So our next question has nothing to do with conspiracy theory. So it's a little palate cleanser in between. Uh, So this is about cups versus period underwear versus tampons and pads. This is from our listener, Lauren. She says, I know you have, uh, you had slash have a menstrual product sponsor, but really would like some advice on these products. I just had my Mirena removed and my partner and I are trying to get pregnant. It's been five years since I needed period management. I'm probably not the only listener who would like to hear your thoughts on cups slash period underwear slash standard tampons or pads. Before Mirena, five to seven year hormonal slash plastic IUD, I was a tampon person, but I've grown and I want a more sustainable option. I'm starting my journey with a flex cup, Facebook ads work, but really think you're, uh, but I really think your insight would be beneficial, especially as Laura has stated on the pod that she went from Mirena to pregnant to getting her period again. Thanks, yeah. Laura. Getting my period sucked. I actually forgot how much it hurt. Um, obviously... <laughs> Like we even need to say this, but we give best friend advice on this podcast. We're not doctors. So if you are, if you do want like actual medical advice from a doctor, go talk to your OBGYN, but we can tell you what worked for us and maybe it will work for you or give you some new ideas. So personally, I've never used cups. They kind of weird me out. I, God bless all of those like sustainable women out there who can deal with them. What I do, you, I do use Lola tampons. They are a sponsor, just like to be transparent when I'm like promoting a sponsor, but I genuinely do like them. I don't use um, products that I don't like. I like that they're, they're sustainable and they're very transparent about what's in them because I don't want to put a bunch of weird chemicals literally inside my body. Um, they, I also bought a ton of Thinks period undies. But I got to be honest, like on my heavy days, I'm not just going to like bleed into my underwear. Like that's just too much I mean, that's for me. Not, yeah. That's not even an option for me. That For me, the the period underwear, I love the idea of them, but they just do not work No, for but me. they're amazing backups. So they're I, backup. Yeah, they're great so for I, I went The whole week that I have my period, I am wearing like the period underwear. So I just am never worried about like leaking through my clothes, which always was like in the back of my head some like you know, scary concern, like, oh God, I can't wear like certain white pants or I guess I should just wear like black pants. Just like, just God forbid I have like a blood stain on my pants. Like nobody wants that. And everyone's heard horror stories or read about, everyone's read those stories in Cosmo magazine about like, oh, and I got up and there was blood on my pants yeah. and the boy pointed it out. Like whatever. I just don't want to deal with that. So I wear the, the things underwear the whole week that I have my, and, and when I'm sleeping, like just so that like yeah. when I'm sleeping, nothing happens on my sheets, but then I, I wear uh, a tampon and, and then when my, I get like super light where it's like, Oh, my period's like almost done. I don't really want to put a tampon in, but like, ugh, it's like kind of like a little, like spotting, I guess you would call it. Then I just wear like the thinks thongs at that point. And it's like not a problem have, at all. Um, I think thinks oh no. Um actually Lola does panty liners, which I also I yeah, don't know. I'm not panty like a big, liner for a spotting day. Yeah, yeah. You're all about like those like pads and panty liners. I I just do the thinks underwear instead and like and stick with my like tampons on heavy days and then and then I just move just to the underwear when it gets like light enough. So that's what we do if you want our TMI personal journey. Uh, but yeah, I had the Marina, took it out. It was a total bummer to get my period again. But um, yeah, 
I don't know. Any anything you want to add to like you use pads? And, I, you do what I do, but I will without say, yeah. pads instead of tampons, right? Few the few and the proud. I feel like no uh, no woman ever wants to admit that they do pads over tampons for whatever reason. I feel like it's like a thing, but uh, yeah. I don't, honestly, I prefer a pad. I know some people feel like it's like it feels like a diaper, but for me, it's much more comfortable than a tampon. Um, do you wear a Do you wear a pad on top of the thinks underwear? Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends. Like, like I was a bridesmaid not long ago, and I had my period r- really heavy, so like having that extra backup felt nice. Like wearing yeah. the thinks. Um, so yeah, I try to on like my my first day is usually the heaviest, so I'll do it then. But then I'm okay for the rest of the week. Hope that's helpful. Uh, If any of you listeners want your questions answered, you can email us anything on your mind from conspiracy theories to periods to breakups (laughs) to coworkers to roommates, whatever it is. Um, Just please be concise, a paragraph or less. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at thisiswhythepodcast.com. Next, we're going to dive into this week's topic. But first, let's thank our sponsor. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Features. Features has solely focused on engineering innovative, high-performance socks for almost 20 years. They have socks with a custom-like fit to prevent the issues of conventional socks like bunching, slipping, friction, blisters. I don't know about you, Angela, but like how many hangouts with friends or like workouts or like runs or running errands, like how many days have been ruined because you get a blister in your foot? Or your socks don't provide the right cushion. You've got like a new pair of shoes. And like, I don't know, like I, you have to go home. Like there's no other option. There literally not is no other option. Not just that, but I have a big problem with socks slipping down around my heel. Which and then so you get annoying. those blisters in the back that are so painful. The worst. So that's why I love my feature socks. I've been calling them my get shit done socks because like when I have to like if I'm like going grocery shopping or if I'm moving something, I'm like, I'm wearing my feature socks because I, they are not going to fall down. They feel secure on my ankles. Feel feel good. I don't, I don't call them that out loud, but in my head, I call them that. I love it. I, yeah. I don't want to need to carry – I don't want – I don't want to carry Band-Aids in my purse anymore, you no. know? And like, and like the Band-Aids are there for the blisters and I don't want that. I don't want that in my life anymore. I just need comfort at all times, especially on my feet. Um, So yeah, we recommend features. Features are engineered to help you achieve your best every day, whether you're working out or on the go. They have targeted compression, which acts like a hug around the arch of your foot, keeping the sock in place and preventing it from bunching, slipping, or sliding down into your shoe. The anatomical design conforms to the left slash right shape of the foot, uh, creating a custom-like fit that keeps the sock in place so you can focus on your workout or whatever else you're doing. And you work out harder, you recover faster, and you get stronger and run faster all while you look great doing it. Yeah. If you have a good sock, it makes everything easier. CY Features has quickly become the number one running sock in America. For listeners of our podcast, you can receive $10 off your first pair of features by going to features and using code THISISWHY. That's $10 off your first pair. This is important because you need to make sure you spell it right. It's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com. Get it? It's like features, but like feet spelled like feet. So it's like a pun. It's like a pun. two of them? Yeah. It's like a pun. A pun on features with feet. Uh, enter promo code this is why at checkout. Again, that's features and use our code this is why to get $10 off your first pair of features. We would like to thank our sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. You can explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. They truly have classes on any kind of category you can think of, illustration, graphic design, photography, creative writing, animation, music, film and video, marketing, productivity, like web development, like whatever you want to become an expert in. Like you could just, I could, I feel like I could just like leave the world and just spend like a year just doing Skillshares to become like 
an expert at anything I want to become an expert in. And here's the thing. In 2020, leaving the world is actually pretty easy. It's actually recommended. So it's recommended. We all have a lot more downtime than we used to. So I do feel like, you know, I'm like, all right, for a long time, I've wanted to take classes and learn about like, say, SEO, search engine optimization. Is that Um, the class you took? That is the class that I took, but I'm going to take more because I really do love all – I want to do creative writing classes on Skillshare, but I also, for my professional life, I focused on the marketing classes first. Um, So what's the one you took? So I took an intro to to SEO and it was really interesting. Who – do you remember who taught it? I can tell you. He's the founder of Moz, which – I didn't know about before, but they, they have like they have classes by like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like a big if you're into marketing, he's a big guy. And I know like in their creative writing classes, they have Roxane Gay and they have Ashley Ford, who I'm a big fan of. So they have like legit people teaching these classes. Here, my guy was you're looking was him up. Named Rand Fishkin. He taught Introduction to SEO nice. Tactics and Strategy for Entrepreneurs. Very cool. Um, you did you learn stuff? What'd you learn? Yeah, I learned about um, how to get your website showing up in the top results of Google. Nice. Nice. Yeah, as a, as a copywriter, you know, it was like it focused on like the technical side of things, but it's also the kind of thing that like as a writer, it's helpful to know. So rather than pay money to – well, actually, you are paying money, but like you're getting like access to a bunch of classes. Yeah, I took a class one. by Roxane Gay. It was cool because I could see that – there was almost 900 students that were watching it with me and she talked about like why someone should care about your story and keeping it like knowing your tone is it lighthearted versus serious so yeah it was very cool all right tell people more about Skillshare okay so Skillshare offers membership with meaning with so much to explore real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. These lessons can help you stay inspired, express yourself, and introduce you to a community of millions. At a time when so many important conversations are happening in our world, your voice is more essential than ever. So explore classes to unlock your creativity for social good. And it's very affordable, um, especially when you compare it to like in-person classes, which are you know, not guaranteed right now anyways, but the annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash this is why. And the first 1000 people to use the link will get a free trial of Skillshare's premium membership. So that's awesome. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash this is why. And the first 1000 people to use the link will get a free trial of Skillshare's premium membership. This week's topic is when friends start believing conspiracy theories. So it's hard not to blame people for wanting to seek the quote unquote truth, especially when our own president and government is constantly giving us misinformation and lying. The coronavirus isn't a big deal. Don't wear a mask. There's less than 20 people with it. Soon it'll be zero. I mean, honestly, with all of the crazy misinformation out there, how can you not blame people for in all of their like hearts and souls? They mean well, which is the crazy thing. Uh, also, there's uh, people have our ulterior motives. Of course, pharmaceutical companies are for profit. They want people to use their products. This is partially how the opioid crisis happened because they lied about the addictive nature of opioids. How can you not blame people for looking for other sources and like questioning things like vaccines and things that actually are legitimate? But when there has been people have lied to us in the past. So honestly, sometimes it's smart to question information. You don't want to be a sheep as they say, but when you go down a crazy wormhole, I just saw a meme about how the moon is in a weird orbit and was actually like built by humans or built by aliens and is not real. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself before you become an absolute crazy. So it's a fine line because you do want to question things and seek the truth you just really need to check your sources and think about like who is a meme telling the truth or is the new york times telling the truth and and i mean yeah i mean even so honestly sometimes the new york times headlines are crazy it's like what do you believe in this world but what you can't believe is like if it's 
It's just hard, Angela. Well, it's hard. It is hard. And I think I was I've been reading there's been a lot of great writing about this right now because unfortunately our country does have a conspiracy theory problem. Um and Time magazine just did a good piece on it. Rolling Stone did something about Q a mom, which is about how mommy influencers are promoting QAnon theories. Um and I was actually just reading a medium post from somebody who like is a writer who specializes in conspiracy theory stuff. And um, yeah, they were saying how like the internet, there's no more gatekeepers to information. So that means that you're going to stumble across information that hasn't been vetted and uh, you're going to find fake made up stuff and you're going to have to learn how to become uh, a journalist. Well, a journalist, yeah, basically like- media literate and like understand the difference between a fake source and a real source. And it's hard. So real quick, Angela, the New York Post broke down some conspiracy theories going on right now. And as they say in the article, tighten your tinfoil hat because these are all conspiracy theories going on that are not true. So let's quickly break them down. Rapid fire. Let's do it. So number one is coronavirus is a bioweapon. So yeah, fear mongers will have you believe that the coronavirus is a biological weapon intended as an act of medical warfare or a means to control the population. It's all over YouTube, Reddit, Twitter. Um, while scientists do not yet agree on the exact origins of the virus, experts agree the strain was not genetically engineered to infect humans intentionally. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of baloney, as they say. All right. what This is one that uh, keeps coming up on my Instagram because... Um, I, I have friends that that are, are skeptics. So, um, okay, what's this next one? Bill Gates is using COVID-19 to install human trackers, which this whole one, this one confuses me because we all have human trackers. There are cell phones and we're being tracked. And we chose to buy them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Microsoft co-founder has been the target of trolls and truthers who claim the billionaire planned the pandemic for his own gain. Believers of this one think that when we eventually have a vaccine to prevent COVID-19, Gates will use the opportunity to inject trackers into everyone's bodies. So this actually came from – I was, like, trying to reason. I was like, where did this come from? So apparently, like, they were trying to solve the problem of, like, how do you know if somebody was, like, fully vaccinated or not? And, like, try, if they, they wish that there was, like – there was some guy that said that, like, Bill Gates had approached him, if I'm remembering this correctly, if I'm not spreading mistruths myself, about, like – they wish there was a way like where you could like scan something that would just like pop up which vaccines had like somebody had had. So you don't like have to, you know, you you know that they are vaccinated and safe. This like somehow got like, you know, snowballed into the, yeah, he wants to install trackers in everybody. Right. So uh, it's anti-vax hype basically. Yeah. Um, number three, this one I've seen on my Facebook from some people I went to high school with. 5G cell towers are to blame for coronavirus. So conspiracy theorists are convinced that 5G towers, the ones that create super fast internet connections, are to blame for the viral pandemic. Um, The logic goes like this. Tiny radio waves emitted by the towers are causing our bodies to become more vulnerable to the virus or even cause the sickness outright. Others think that the cell phone infrastructure causes separate health conditions and the pandemic is a cover-up for those. Um, So not helping this problem is celebrities like John Cusack and Woody Harrelson are on social media using their platforms to uh, sound off in support of these theories. Twitter has announced it will ramp up efforts to squash this theory. All right. What else we got? Um, Next up, number four, COVID-19 will usher in a new world order. This whole new world order thing is a goes back very far in terms of conspiracy theories. Um, those who think the country is controlled by a group of quote-unquote deep state agents are talking the coronavirus up to a government coup. Excuse me, sneezes. Bless you, Laura. Sneezes. <laughs> Campaigns like hashtag film your hospital has led many to believe that empty waiting rooms and hospital parking lots are proof that the coronavirus is an elaborate hoax. I read an extremely disturbing uh, story in Time magazine from people – and this – uh, gets into like the, the QAnon stuff from from people who thought that the uh, tents that were set up in Central Park in New York to treat COVID patients were actually like to traffic children. Oh um, my god! 
And I think anybody who lived in New York during the peak of the virus, it's especially frustrating hearing people act like it's uh, not real. Right. <laughs> because it is. Um, so, yeah, this uh, will usher in a new world order. Uh, that probably has pandemic. to do with, like, the last one, which is something about devil worshippers. Yeah, which, like, this is, like, I've been reading about the history of conspiracy theories, and, like, this relates back to, like, in the 70s, they had what was called satanic panic, and it was basically, like, uh, evangelicals seeing the world changing, seeing the world become more liberal, and and rather than chalking that up to progress, chalking that up to devil worship. So uh, uh, what the post says about this one currently is that perhaps the most out there claim by online nuts is the idea that lockdowns are a way to round up Satanists. What what better way to get rid um, to what better way to rid the world of blood sacrifices than by forcing everyone inside and arresting the evildoers one by one? You can credit QAnon for this piece of fiction. Cool, cool, cool. This, I mean, you and I lived through Y two K, so we were yeah. we were like young kiddos. But I remember Y two K. Everyone like stocking up on food just because like the clocks were changing. So this shouldn't really surprise us, but. The New York Times had some tips on how you can how you can deal with friends that believe any of these crazy conspiracy theories. So talk to them privately. Start by asking broad questions about their posts. Like, what's this about? Can you just explain it to me? Um, you're trying to gather knowledge about their beliefs in a non-adversarial way. You don't want to try adversarial way. Sorry. Um, I was like, I didn't say that word right. You don't <laughs> want to try to debate or debunk. It just makes them think that they're right. So get them to thinking. You can't reason someone out of a fringe belief, but you may be able to get them to see their logic isn't holding up. So don't call them crazy. Um, but even feigning interest in a conspiracy order it, to find out what their real pain point or fear is that they're trying to address in their lives may give you info on how to reach them. So I found that that's really helpful. Um, so if your friend is so deeply into the QAnon world that they cannot have a civil discussion about their beliefs, let them know you love them, that you're here for them, but then like, just drop it. You can't talk someone out of, out of, you know, something nutty. Um, if you, if it's someone you don't know personally respond with facts. So I found that interesting. It's like a different tactic if you know the person well versus if you don't know them. So if you know them well, you kind of want to find out what their pain point is. Like maybe they have a young kid and they really are just like, I, I can relate to that. Just being like scared of the world. Like I don't, I'm terrified to check those websites that tell you re where registered sex offenders live near you because like God, for, what if there's one in my building? Like I, I can't even, I won't be able to like sleep at night. So I can relate to just being fearful of the outside world and knowing that there's crazies out there and just wanting to protect your family. And so maybe you can relate to someone on that level. But yeah, if it's someone that you don't know, just respond with, with facts. That being said, I thought it would be fun, Angela. Are there any like kind of conspiracy theories or like doubtful things that you personally like do believe that you want to admit? I have one that, huh. that I can admit. Um, I mean, I think that think something was up with the JFK assassination, but that's not really original. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure there is if I think deep. Right now, I'm like so disturbed by like the stuff, like the stuff that people believe that I can't even like, yeah, uh, entertain like my own conspiracy theories. Like, I just, I don't know, this distrust of like uh, facts and science, right? Really, it's really got me disturbed. Um, I'll admit that. At night, I put my phone on airplane mode and, like, take my Wi-Fi router out. I'm just, like, scared about, like, Wi-Fi. I'm like, you know what? I can go, like, the eight hours while I'm sleeping and not have it, like, fry my brain. Nick won't turn his <laughs> stupid phone off, but... So your brain's getting fried anyway. So my brain's getting fried anyway. So, yeah. All right. Hope that was... Gave you a lot to think about. Hope we got all of our information correctly because the last thing we want to do is talk about conspiracy theories by getting anything wrong. But, you know, although what? then again, I mean, like it would fit it's the kind theme. Of choose your own adventure right now. It would uh, fit the theme. I would also like to point out something about um, QAnon. Uh, they actually and I don't want to say who it is, 
uh, because I'm sure they don't want their name associated with it any more than it already is. But one of our former guests of the podcast uh, is a liberal writer who uh, has been put on a bunch of QAnon lists and uh, people are saying that her and her husband are like child traffickers purely based on absolutely nothing. She's an entirely regular, everyday, normal girl, uh, but because she is a left-leaning, prominent person. Uh, is her she, name her start name with a J? Yeah. And, oh, uh, that sucks for her. Uh, this is why I'm private and I like... And it's very I know I have a podcast, because, like, but our podcast... These people want to like kill Tom Hanks. Like They keep posting photos of themselves with like atomic... Or atomic... Uh, automatic rifles and, no, and that threatening to kill uh, him because... Yeah, our conspiracy theories we have sure we have like a public podcast but like luckily it's not that big where I feel like I still have like some sense of anonymity like I barely post on Twitter and I made my Instagram private and if you don't know me you can just defollow me but um this is why on that note yeah let's talk about <laughs> some lighter shit what's in the news What have you been reading, Angela? Well, totally different tone. Uh, Drew Barrymore has a new talk show, and it's insane. Um, Laura, I don't know. Have you have you seen any clips of the new Drew Barrymore show? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'll be honest. Uh, Was I supposed I, to watch it to research for? No need, but I would recommend uh, watching this one clip of her first episode because it's so bananas. Like I, so I really like Drew Barrymore. I love I her too. She's light and fun and free and goofy and. Like, yes. she survived a crazy childhood, came out ahead, had a successful life, and, like, got her shit together. I think she's an inspiration. And so for all those reasons, I'm rooting for her. And I like the idea of her having a daytime talk show. But so she launched it right now in the middle of COVID when you can't have an in-studio audience. So that, right off the bat, makes it sort of awkward. It's, like, silent. Um there's uh, like kind of off camera applause sometimes from her producer, but it's mostly just like silent and awkward. Um, the, and the clip that's going viral is she does this like Drew's news segment where she talks um, about like weird news in the world. She kind of keeps it very apolitical. So her big story was about this 62-year-old python who laid eggs despite not being around a male python, I guess. So it's not even like the cheesy jokes that her writers wrote for her. It's like her delivery is just so awkward, but not in a charming way. And like, a, like, are you doing a character way? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, – she's like, the, the snake is pregnant and she's 62 or 16. Am I right, ladies? Like, it's it's just very – it's like, are you serious right now, Drew? Um, I think she would maybe do better with like a co-host, it sounds like, where someone she could banter with. Maybe she needs, yeah, like a fun, uh, like like a band, like how Jimmy Fallon has Questlove. Maybe she needs her Questlove. And I do I think mean, honestly, an it's audience a, I could would, help. I would sound just like her if I didn't have Angela. I mean, anybody talking to themselves sounds, you know, crazy. it's awkward. I've um, tried to do commercials and like for our ads by ourselves and I'm like, I think I'm losing my mind. Like, I can't even get through 30 seconds of just talking to myself. I don't know. I know that there's many a podcast host out there that just, like, talk to the ether. I mean, but usually they have, like, more guests on. But but even when they don't, they just, like, like I can't. It's hard. Yeah. And, I mean. You have to I really, think- like, j- just your what's in your own head a lot to Luckily, be able to do it. She- she is Drew Barrymore. I think that they will give her a chance to kind of find her footing. But, like, maybe she just needs to change up her format. Like, the format that works for everybody else might not work for her. Maybe so. she needs to rebrand like we did. Uh, yeah. On that note, you want to know what I've been reading? Yeah. So I've been reading Vulture. Uh, Barack Obama's memoir is finally coming out. It's called A Promised Land. It's coming out in November. So do your pre-orders now, people. <laughs> It's it's interesting that it's going to be like just weeks after the election. So I thought that was like an interesting choice. I wonder why he decided to publish it um, just weeks after after the election instead of before. I don't know. Just I guess he, fig- he probably figures either way there will be interest. 
yeah. for different reasons. Oh, interest. But I wonder if it would have like swayed anything. I don't know. But- Actually, tie- tying our whole episode together, Barack Obama, victim of conspiracy theory pushed by Donald Trump that he was uh, born in Kenya and not a U.S. citizen. Which is just an evil, evil, evil conspiracy theory and just offensive um and so but widely circulated so over the book is over 700 pages long and this is the first of two volumes in this first one he reflects on his early political career and the 2008 presidential campaign and it concludes with the death of osama bin laden which is like a very strong like like that's a strong ending that's a strong ending you killed Osama bin Laden. That's a strong ending. So he said, there's no feeling like finishing a book and I'm proud of this one. So yeah, I am excited to read it. I, I still, I would just like to know people's opinion on, yeah, that he decided to have it. Maybe he just didn't want anyone saying that he was trying to like sway the election at all. I don't know. It's interesting. It's possible. I, I guess the I election. Mean, I mean, but that doesn't make any sense because he's obviously supporting Biden. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know why they made the choice for it to come come out after the election. It's just interesting. Just an interesting maybe, thing. Maybe it's just like a purely uh, business-based thing where it's like, well, he didn't want to be overshadowed. <laughs> he I could, don't know. If he, if he waited a little bit, he could be the only big news story. Maybe. I mean, maybe, I don't know. maybe he literally was just like finishing it up till the very last minute. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, it was <laughs> Joe like, was like, fuck. This is like the earliest it can come out. Um, who knows? But anyways... Get your book. I think I think regardless, it will do well. <laughs> get that book. And while you're at it, get This Is Why You're Single. And my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales, will be a very well-rounded, you know, few months of reading if you get those three books. They're available yeah. on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and your local indie bookstore because that is it for this week's podcast. Yeah, nice, nice finale. Um, so yeah, you get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. If you want to get a little gift for yourself for fullest of our sponsors in the code, check out our podcast page on this is why the podcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at this is why podcast. Please like, and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news This is why The podcast That was a HeadGum Podcast